the Weird Show. The piece that I've been working on is called Never Going Back Again, and it's a 30 by 20 inch collage composed of mainly inked and painted black paper, aged, faded, and yellowed white paper. There's a kind of undulating piece together form made of these torn pieces that careens across the page and then kind of breaks down and dissolves. All the torn edges of the shapes meet and overlap and they create layers and sometimes they kind of come up against each other like the pieces of a crumbling mosaic. There's imagery from 80s home and craft magazines that kind of punctuate this muted color palette in places. And so it's kind of a form that comes together and falls apart at the same time, like a lot of my work. Never Going Back Again is kind of more like a drawing to me in the sense that it wasn't planned. It's more of an exploration. It's very impulsive. And it captures an emotional or psychological response to my experience of this moment in time, of the world and personally. Tumultuous, painful, kind of aging and decaying, but there's some hopefulness in the energy and the movement of the piece and in the ability of all these little forms to kind of hold together in the face of entropy. Hello, I am and this is the Weird Show Broadcast, a podcast about art, context, appropriation, paper, artists, ideas, places, sounds, people, stuff, and sometimes collage. Episode number eight, Andrea Berge, Time, Decay, and Hope. Andrea is a Brooklyn-based artist and editor. Her work combines collage, sculpture, and found materials to elevate the overlooked and mundane via transformative physical processes. And indeed, there's a strong physical and material component to her work, with layers of paper, paint, and other materials accumulating and forming abstract and expressive gestures. Andrea is also the founder and editor of one of our favorite editorial adventures, Cut Me Up magazine a participatory and curatorial project who publishes works created with artworks made by deconstructing and transforming the previous editions of the magazine. Because we love Andrea's working projects and because she'll be joining the Weird Show team interviewing her favorite artist, we wanted to talk with her and find out more about her work and ideas. that the titling often happens in kind of a psychological way. Like I said, it can kind of be a collage process finding the title. Like I collect words and phrases and quotes that appeal to me from books, from music, and I kind of keep them in lists. And as I'm working on a piece, either something will come to mind and it will feed into the piece or else I kind of look through these lists and find something that connects. And so It might describe what I think the work is conveying, or it might describe my experience of making it. The title might give viewers some kind of an insight into 
the feelings that led into the piece or into the experience that the piece is about. I like them to be like clues in that sense, like something you can add in, but not necessarily something that describes exactly what's happening, which again is kind of um, part of the abstract nature of the work. I think that you can perceive it in your own way. You can put all these clues together and it might mean something different to you than it means to me. Yet I still want you to know some of what it means to me. <laughs> a lot of the materials that I use in those works have special meaning to me. I use objects that sometimes I've saved or that I find that remind me of times in my life or people in my life. And all of that helps me build a story that kind of grounds me in the piece, in creating a piece that's complex and multi-layered and that has detail that people can relate to. But it's not necessary to me that people who are viewing the artwork understand what each of those things means to me, because what I really want is to convey a larger experience. So if my experience, say, with a traumatic event in my life or a death of somebody is my experience, but I want to talk about those ideas of loss and how we deal with loss and how we feel pain and just kind of bear those emotions so that other people can have their own experience of what those emotions, what those experiences might have been like for them. So it's kind of a mirror in that way. Like, I want the work to convey the, the broader experience so that anybody can relate to it, not just to share my own experience. I'm interested in the physical quality of materials to convey ideas and to create an experience of looking at something that is clearly an object as opposed to kind of an illusory space that you can look into, which is, you know, more common in painting. So my work definitely has places that kind of play with that idea, like creating a sense of depth that's not real and then having physical depth that is real by, say, tearing into something. But I always want the process by which the piece was made to be very clear and that requires grounding it in the physicality of the materials. And I want it to be clear that each piece was made by a physical process, that I move materials around, glue them, gouge them away to look for something underneath, and that they contain these records of trials and mistakes. The layers create accumulation, and they reference a general feeling of the passage of time, which I also think is very important to my work, um, the passage of time of things weathering, but also the amount of time that a work takes to be made. And I think that particular materials have very specific energy that gives my work different weight. I use materials that have an appeal to me because they remind me of people, um, experiences in my life. And like I said, I kind of weave that into the work. So I had all this thread that I've been using recently that I found after my mother died. And I had this idea that maybe she had bought this at some flea market and was going to give it to me, but never did. And I don't know if that was true at all because we had a very difficult relationship, but that kind of story is something that I can bring into the work. So working with these kind of materials, again, that have this energy allows me to be inspired by them to kind of 
have some reverence for them. So it's not very like haphazard. It's like something that has meaning that I want to tell a story with. The other thing about this kind of sculptural approach is that I think it creates a different effect for a viewer to look at a physical object. It's something you experience in your body, no matter how large the object is. I think it's different than looking at something like a piece of paper. It makes you think about holding the object in your hand. It makes you think about what it would feel like to touch it, even if you can't touch it. So I also like that idea of bringing us back into our bodies from the kind of like looking into a rectangle that I think we're all very used to, not just from looking at art, but looking at screens and things like that. And that's the kind of experience I want to have. So it's also the kind of experience I want to create. The process is very physical, and you know, I've been thinking a lot lately about this idea of destruction in my work, and it's been in my work for a long time, that idea of kind of deterioration especially, but I used to put that idea out by using textures and images to represent it before the process became about destruction itself, and that was kind of a turning point, I think, for me. The work was still about the same ideas, but I approached it differently when I began to tear pieces away and add pieces that were torn and kind of gouge into them and cut into them and create really dense layers where I was like compressing paper. I think that um, it creates a different kind of energy. Like I feel a different energy making it because it's much more physical. It's much more impulsive. It's much more, you know, add something. It doesn't work tear it away, like try the next thing, see what all these marks become. And then it becomes refined at the end, but there's a large part of the process that can be kind of aggressive and destructive. I like bringing that energy into the work and it creates this feeling maybe of something that's been through a difficult experience in the work when it's finished. I think that both, say, people, objects, places that have been through difficult experiences are very interesting and compelling to me. And I think that often, maybe in contemporary times, we always look to something new and shiny and the future. And I think that things that are older have a different kind of wisdom and have layers of history that we want to ignore. And I find, you know, things that are damaged appealing in their way to you, like what happened to this thing? Why is it like that? I think I want to to create an aesthetic that embodied that and didn't try to be pretty or precious or super clean in the ways that I feel a lot of things look, especially right now. I wanted to convey something of 
you know, looking at the past and also acknowledging maybe the harshness of life, you know, the difficulties of life and allowing, again, like other people to look at things and acknowledge that maybe within themselves or their own experience. I started working with these ideas of decay and deterioration around 2011, and I think it was really driven by the death of my grandmother at that time, and she had a long battle with cancer. And I was really disturbed by, I mean, I'm disturbed by death in general, but specifically cancer and the idea of like these growths inside of your own body that you have no control over. You know, you can live your life being healthy, and then all of a sudden these things inside of you can kind of they kill you eventually. And so I wanted to use my work to deal with an idea that I felt very distressed by and was struggling with. And so I tried to make, I started making soft sculptures at the time that were about internal organs and growths in the body. And it was kind of a way to make something very disturbing, kind of funny and acceptable to myself. Like they were kind of these weird sculptures that were brightly colored and they also, when I was working on them, I would reference these forms or look up these forms online. And I started to realize these forms are also like forms in nature. And that gave me some kind of comfort that, you know, this kind of death that's so disturbing, it's just the natural way. Like these are the cycles of life that this is what we are all part of. And so doing that work, help, work helped me become comfortable with the idea of decay and deterioration and also helped me kind of figure out what a way to think about it in a different way. So I think since then I've been making work about things that I struggle with, you know, dark experiences, difficult experiences, and hoping that the work can become a map for other people to explore the same issues in their own lives. And I think that <laughs> decay and deterioration are things that both attract me and repel me. So it's kind of been a driving force in a lot of my work. Um, I've always been inspired by aesthetics of specific places. And in my neighborhood in Brooklyn, Bushwick, we used to have a lot of wheat pasted posters for albums, fashion and shows, and they would cover over each other and then be torn away. And I really hated most of these posters, but I love that there were layers built up over time. And then when they're torn away, these entirely unplanned abstractions would be revealed with colors and textures interacting. And then the weathering of rain and snow would bleach the colors and create a unified palette, essentially advertising no longer communicated what it was originally intended to communicate at all. It became something else entirely. I also liked this idea that in its transformation, the original idea was lost completely. And so I started to photograph these uh, compositions that I found and then I would tear them down and start to use them in my work. And eventually I realized that what 
that process that created them was doing is something that I wanted to do. And so I started to tear and layer and repeatedly do that over time to create that sense of decay and deterioration. And that really started to create a language for me that I felt like I could talk about a lot of different things with this overarching, within this overarching idea of decay and deterioration. And so it also was no longer just depicting it in the work, but embodying it in the process. For me, series are connected by themes, of course, and by scale and materials of the work. And working in series helps me delve deeply into a question or simply a way of working and allows me to explore it thoroughly within set parameters. I think the parameters are kind of important to each series. So my recent series, Requiems, which is still in progress, is a series of large 30 by 40 inch collages and these reconstruct places and experiences from my past through the lens of emotion and imagination. These works are marred by age, violence, and destruction, and they reference not just the inevitability of the passage of time, but a sense of loss that accompanies it. And I work on these very slowly, only when I'm ready to approach a specific experience or era. For each of these works, I keep notes on what I remember and I think about aspects of the places that stand out to me, like fake wood paneling in a basement or wallpaper of my mother's bedroom. And I write about what it felt like to be in these places. I listen to music from eras in my life and I try to find photographs that I have. So they're kind of deeply researched. And um, I also collect envelopes of imagery for each of these works over time. And then I create painted paper in specific palettes and integrate whatever personal materials I have that I've saved into them, like old drawings from notebooks, saved collage clippings, found wallpaper samples. And I spend a great deal of time arranging these before they're attached. So this series is, it's going to take place, I think, over a long period of time. I'm not quite sure when this one will end because I feel like this idea of looking back at my own life, it can go on forever, of course, but also... I don't really want to work on each one until a significant amount of time has passed that I'm ready to work on it. So it's kind of like, unlike the drawing I described in the beginning that's about the present moment, these are like once years have passed what that experience meant to me. In contrast, my other series that I'm working on right now, the fiction series, which are these small paperback books that I deconstruct and reconstruct and kind of give them a new life by imagining a new story for them. 
and these are very impulsive. They're not so much about my own personal experience with them, but they're more like a color that is inspiring, um, an interesting cover from the book and what it can be become. So that gives me more a chance to just kind of work on something without having to think so much about it. And it's a little bit more formal in that way as well, that it's more about materials and what they can become. And so I, I think that I always have, if I really think about it, two series going on at the same time that can allow me to work in both ways. And I think that probably that has something to do with my own brain and display and whatever, however it is that I work and how I think about things. But I always need an outlet for kind of deep, slow thinking and working and fast paced kind of responsive um, way of working at the same time. Although both of these series, again, deal with similar ideas of reimagining the past, the, the requiems more so, and the fictions are kind of just like loose reimaginings of the past. Like if this book has some crazy, you know, horror cover to it, what other, what other story could be in this book? Because most of the books that I use are discarded books, so they're not something that are um, necessarily well-known, but it's like creating an alternate life for this discarded object and projecting my own ideas onto it. Um, the other thing about the series is that I like each one to have a specific scale that references some kind of print media. So within the fiction series that I've been working on, I used to mostly use the pages from books and I had a book that I had torn the cover off of. And so I just had the rest of the book and it, it seemed so compelling as an object that I wanted to do something with it. And I started to develop this idea of adding collage pieces onto the entire book block and extending them from beyond the book block. And they had started to have a different kind of presence and so from there, I realized that I could do a lot more with this idea, which is kind of how the series began. And I also like the idea that each of these series has a specific size. So these books definitely reference, you know, obviously what it's like to look at a book. And that's something that's very important to me, like the scale of books. Looking into a book is a very intimate experience. Whereas the requiems that are larger works are you know, three feet by four feet. So that's like looking more at a section of a wall in my mind. And then I have series that are on postcards. Um, some of the works repre uh, reference the scale of posters. So since it's collage and it all uses print media, I like to reference the kind of print media that I'm thinking about and where it comes from in the work as well. So I think that in general, I can be a very uh, worried person or I can be very careful and anxious about what I'm doing. And art for me was the same for a long time. You know, I had to plan things out in a very specific way for it to seem right. Um, but somehow I, I started to kind of get over that feeling by just making a mark, making a tear, gluing something down, you know, just doing one thing that was permanent and then responding to it. 
And I think that's another thing that really like the kind of destructiveness changed the energy of my work because, you know, it once, once you introduce something, then something else will always happen. It will create that kind of cause and effect in your own mind that will always lead you somewhere. It might not be the most great thing you've ever done, but I think it's like a chain reaction. And as soon as you start it, it, it just continues. And for me, that's kind of what the process of working is like starting it and starting that process, adding something, taking something away, tearing something, cutting into something and doing that until it starts to look, I don't know, I can't describe exactly like what, but it starts to have it carry its own weight. And then it's like, all right, I know what this is supposed to be now. <laughs> it emerges and then I can finish it. So I think that that process of just starting is really a key to get over <laughs> some kind of anxiety that uh, I use in most parts of my life, but especially in my art. And, you know, I like the idea of like failures and mistakes and the trials becoming part of the work. So those kind of like layers of ghost marks that weren't quite right are all there. And that's part of the passage of time. Also, that's part of the record of mistakes and that process. Um, and, you know, I think it just seems to say something about about life as well. You know, we we don't always have some fully formed idea of what things should be. We just have to kind of figure it out and start and take one step at a time. <laughs> yeah. Me Up magazine was another thing that kind of came out of a problem that I had. And that problem was that I've always been jealous of musicians. Uh, many people in my family play music and I never did until this year. Actually, I just started learning how to play a guitar, which has been fun. <laughs> but I was particularly jealous of the way that mus musicians could communicate with each other through call and response, you know, where a guitar part would be answered by a vocal and then the audience would respond. And so the lines between musicians and performer and audience would all be blurred and become this kind of really interesting way of creating art, I think. So I wanted to create a situation in which artists would respond to each other without having to translate their ideas into verbal or written language, but would communicate through visual language. So I made a series of 19 collages and I designed a simple book and sold it with the call for the next issue included, which was to respond to these works by cutting them up, tearing them, and using them to make a response artwork.
I had my little project and then I had 150 artworks that were made in response to it. And I was fascinated and overjoyed that this idea seemed to work. But I also wanted this project to do more. And so I had the idea that each subsequent issue would have a guest curator that I would turn over this magazine to somebody else and have them give their input about what would be a good theme for the magazine that would address contemporary issues. Also, it needed to be somebody who was really uh, knowledgeable about collage and had ideas about what collage could do. Each new issue would have a guest curator, and they would propose these guidelines for the next issue. Each issue would still be made by tearing apart, cutting up, and deconstructing the artwork from the previous issue. So that's kind of, that's the heart of Cut Me Up magazine. So the premise worked, and I think all of my goals of having the readers of the magazine become the artists, become the curators in some cases, all kind of came together. And there's definitely this kind of circular and cyclical feeling to all of it that I think actually speaks to some of the ideas in my own work about cycles of life and death and decay and rebirth. The idea of collecting and preserving versus destroying and transforming is definitely something that's embodied both in my own work and in Cut Me Up magazine. I think that I have a strange relationship to collecting. Um, when I was a child, I collected everything I could and I organized everything. As I got older, I actually couldn't, I had a very destructive family and I couldn't keep that much stuff. Like when I left home, I couldn't leave things there and come back to them. So I kind of got very reformed of the idea of collecting very quickly. And for a long time, I didn't keep that much. So I think that I tried to channel collecting into my art over time. I've developed a way of working that allows me to collect the things that I want to, like beautiful vintage papers and magazines and, you know, fabrics and all of those things, as long as I can make them into something. So I cannot, I don't really allow myself to collect purely just to accumulate, but to use them to make something new. I also studied Buddhism for a long time, and I think that those ideas are also influenced in this idea of um, transformation because the idea of non-attachment is very important to me, that you can't be too attached to, you know, specific parts of your life, but also objects. There's a freedom in, say, like letting go and relinquishing. All those ideas have guided my work and Cut Me Up magazine. With Cut Me Up, I wanted to sell a book of my art and for people not just to be inspired by it, but to physically use it. And it's that physical component that I was talking about again. And I think that this really helped drive the project. The idea that it's not about creating a precious, perfectly designed thing. It's about making something that's a catalyst for another thing. And I think that that's an important idea that's idea of transformation and of potential, you know, looking at objects for the potential they might have, looking at artworks for how it inspires you and creating that cycle.
To me, collage is a way to re-examine the materials and images that inundate our lives as active components to be potentially transformed. I think that collage processes like forming connections between elements and carrying out reparative tasks like fixing and mending are all ways to remake that which already exists, which I think is an important way of thinking about the world, that we can begin with what we have and start from where we are to transform and remake things that have potential and that we can use any materials to make our art and we can use these ideas of remaking to change our lives and maybe our world even. This episode was produced, edited, mixed, and s with blood, sweat, and tears by myself, Maximo Tuja, aka Maxomatic. The original music was composed by Matias Rossi. Please support this project by sharing it on your social networks, commenting on it, and rating it when possible on streaming platforms. Thanks for hanging in there, and see you soon. Bye-bye. Find more at theweirdshow.info.